everybody. Today, I want to introduce my dear friend, Keisha Valentine. She's our expert on the call today. She's my best friend for a long time ago, but that's going to be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, so basically, Keisha is a licensed social worker and a child and, fa- and family therapist with over a decade of experience working with families. Over the course of her career, she has worked with several teens and parents and addressing issues related to teen safety to include topics such as sexting and educating parents on the importance of building a solid, trusting relationship with their teens that foster open and honest communication. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Thank you, Keisha. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm, I, you know what? I put down some preliminary questions, but you know, we, we know how we do. We don't have to right. stay along the lines of the questions. I just kind of wanted to get like some of the questions that I know I have and a lot of people have. So the very first question is, what is sexting exactly? Like, how would you define it? How, how do you define it? And how do like your community define sexting? Well, sexting is. It's a range of things. It's, you know, it's also known as sex texting. And it's sending or getting sexually explicit or suggestive images, videos, messages, or anything of that nature on your smartphone or through the internet. So that can include nude or nearly nude photos, selfies. Um, It could be videos that show nudity, um, show sex acts, simulated sex acts, you know, acting like you're doing something. Um, or text messages that just promote, propose having sex with someone, though, that's also considered sexting. So sexting is all of those things. So I, I, I mean, I'm so new to this. Do you, do you guys find, and I might be going ahead of myself, like when you notice that a child is sexting, like is it something like you normally see like a progression or is it some of them just, it's just a whole big range? Well, I wouldn't really say there's a progression. I mean, as far as, yes, text messages can progress to sexting, but to be honest with you, it's really something that teens are just doing. Teens are, you know, they have access to these things. They have access to the internet. Um, Most phone services offer unlimited data. And without any safeguards on their phone, teens just really are, they're just comfortable with sending these types of messages. And to be honest with you, it's the popular thing to do. I mean, mean, we are really talking about teens, like I'm thinking 13, 14, but what age range do do you actually see this happening? Is it everybody, is it youngest, 11, like what ages are you guys looking at? No, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's in that age range. I mean, if you are, if your 11 year old has a phone, yeah, you are opening them up to being exposed to things like that. But more so, I would say between the ranges of 14 and 17, sometimes as young as 12, um, but not so much. And then I wonder if you think it's a peer pressure kind of thing. Like, I mean, I know as as an adult, I think if somebody sent me a message, like, do you feel like I even felt like, like even with the argument, I felt like if someone sent me something, I got to respond back. Do you feel like that's one of the things with the kids? Like, 
somebody send them something, they have to send something back. A lot of times that is how it starts out. Um, with with kids, quite naturally they want to fit in, right? So if they're, you know, having a conversation with someone and, you know, that person sending them a, a picture of themselves, quite naturally they're going to want to, okay, well, what do I do next? You know, it's kind of one of those things where it, it does progress to other things. Um, and peer pressure, you know, we were we were we were teens before. Peer pressure is it's 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 something else. So yeah, it can it can be you know brought on by peer pressure. And then you also have to look at the media. You know, when you're looking at social media, you're looking at you know um, programs and apps that these kids are having on their phones, like Snapchat and um, you know Instagram. The people on there are that they're looking at. They're they're new. They're half new. They're you know, show, exposing themselves in ways that when we were younger, we didn't see that kind of thing. So it's really one of those things where this is kind of, unfortunately, a, a norm that's starting to happen among teens. This is another thing that I've noticed with the boys and just in general that I've seen. They are in, they are really into anime, really into anime. <laughs> anime is it can be <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't say this because there there might be some people on here who actually like anime but anime could be the devil I'll, I'll just be honest about that um, yes, please it is um, some anime is highly sexualized yeah. and not only highly sexualized it's exposed it exposes kids to things that they wouldn't even normally see um and, you know, not to really be getting off topic, but it exposes them to, you know, homosexuality. It exposes them to just all kinds of things that you wouldn't necessarily see in regular cartoons. Right. Um, and, and not, you know, I'm not trying to sound, you know. No, get, we need it. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound homophobic or anything like that, as you know. I'm married to a woman. I'm just saying that these are just things that, you know, it's really, they really expose kids to things that they just should not see. I mean, it just, for, for us, it just hit us like, bam, they are into anime. And I don't even, you know, I know some of the characters, I know some of the people, but I've seen some of the characters in anime. And I'm going to tell you, even though it's an animated version of a woman, or a man, or whatever, like, this woman, I mean, they have breath, cleavage, mm -hmm. I've seen some stuff. And they like, move. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah. only that, is the way that they speak in anime, like, you know, okay, so if they're speaking, it's Japanese, a lot of it is Japanese, so then they are doing, so they have to translate it over, so it's a whole different culture thing, you know what I mean, like, they're translating their culture over to our culture, and then when the translation comes through, you hear some of the translation, you hear like, what? Mm -hmm. My boys have watched mm -hmm. anime, and it just got the subtitles at the bottom. They have mm -hmm. watched the whole show. Yeah, and not all anime is bad. I mean, you have those who go in and they alter anime, um, and then you have, you know, there's different types of anime as well. So you really have to be cautious on what type of anime your children um, and your teens are watching. Um, 
because there is some anime that is not as explicit or that is not as um, risky, so to speak. But for the most part, I'm not a big fan. Oh, the boys have been exposed to so much that I, I can't even believe. And it's because they have phone because I, you know, because of that, you know, me going to work early and I needed them to get to the bus stop and I'm at work before they need to get to the bus stop or vice versa. So after they've already been, the kids have been exposed to this kind of stuff. Like, what do we do after this? Because now I just, I don't want to be like, I now, I went 100% drastic and I just took everything away from them. Like, I just took everything. Well, and I don't think that's healthy either. Yeah. Um, because when we do things like that, now we have a an unhappy and an angry child who is going to rebel. So I wouldn't necessarily say taking everything away would be healthy, but um, starting to build build on what you, what they've been exposed to and in that trying to figure out what is it that they believe is right and wrong. What is it right. that they get out of what they've been exposed to? You know, um, sometimes we can get more out of listening to kids because they tell us a lot of we actually just sit back and listen. But you know, it's our it's our natural instinct to first be angry, right? Yeah. Especially when we we found something that is just you know, like sexting. Is <laughs> 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 I'm shutting this down. There's not going to be any of it, right? But then we, you know, again, then they're going to rebel. So I think really just having an open dialogue yeah. about these kinds of things and really giving them some education. I mean, there's, you know, there are some things that we can do to help our teens. Um, just be more knowledgeable about what these what what the consequences can be of doing these things. Um, yeah, girl, help us out. Like I, so I'm gonna put a pause. On, let me. I'm a pause recording. Let me get Wicca because he's down here. Okay, Keisha. So. How, where do we even go from here? Like, what do we do? G give us some tips, because I have no idea what to do. Besides one, like you said, like I did, drastic. Yeah, so there's a few things. So first thing I would say is start by educating your teens, educating your children. I mean, even, even the little ones. So, you know, learning, little ones, they pay attention to their older siblings. So even if you have little um, kids at home that aren't quite, um, at that teen age, educating them all. And, you know, there, there are six things, six very important things that I think every teen and, you know, adolescent should know about sexting or sex texting. And the first one is sexting constitutes child pornography. So when they're sending nude pictures or partially nude pictures and they're involving minors, many states consider this child pornography. And even though, you know, laws vary by state, most states, they are punishable with consequences. So that's that's first and foremost. You know, even in some cases where the teen is taking or sharing a photo, they can be charged with disseminating child pornography. So say your kid um, 
receives a picture from a young lady, right? Mm-hmm. Little a teenager, and he shows it to his friend. He can be charged with disseminating child pornography and spend, you know, a minimum of a year in jail in Ohio. So, and I've seen it happen. So that's the first thing. We really want to educate them on what the consequences, you know, are of sexting. Um, The second thing I would say is letting them know that sexting can lead to sexual bullying. You know, once sex, yeah, once those pictures are out in cyberspace, your team loses all control over the image. You know, people can share it, they can copy it, they can use it to bully your team. And then that can also result in what kinds of things? Then we have depression. We see our teen suicide rates going up. So that's the second thing that I would say it's very, very important um, to educate our teens on. Third thing, sexting can open the door to child sexual predators. You know, there's really no way to control who sees the photo once your teen sends it. Um, There's countless, 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 countless cases where a teen discovers that a private photo has been passed around and sometimes even shared online. So once that photo is online, sexual predators may see it um, and that puts your kid at risk. So that's the third thing that I feel is very important to educate your teens on. Um, You know, another thing, number four, sexting puts teens at risk for blackmail. I've had actually a few cases where I've worked with um, some young girls and they were actually being blackmailed by boys to do things, um, sexual favors, give money and things like that because they had previously sent a sex text. So it can lead to blackmail. Um, Number five, and this one I feel is one of the most, if not the most important, is that sex never go away. Sex never, ever, ever go away. You know, kids, they, they're impulsive, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they even believe that photos sent through text message, email, or even this app Snapchat. Are you familiar with Snapchat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where they take a picture and then it goes away. Pe- teens have a tendency to believe that these, mm-hmm. these types of messages are only being viewed by the applicant. But no, once these these messages are out there, these pictures and images are out there, they're out of your team's control. They can be shared, copied, reposted. Um, even those images that are shared through the use of Snapchat puts a teen at risk because teens have learned how to, teens are very smart. When it comes to technology, they have us beat by far. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, Snapchat, you're supposed to not be able to, um, view images later, but they, they figured out how to copy, you know, there, so many lives have already been ruined by this app Snapchat. Mm. So that's the fifth one. And then the last one I would say is really helping them to understand how sexting can ruin their reputation. Mm. Um, because guess what? Eventually they're going to be in college. Eventually they're going to be young adults. They're going to want jobs, you know, um, sending sexually explicit messages to another person, it's just never a good idea, right? No matter how serious the relationship is. Photos like these just, they destroy relationships, they restro- destroy reputations, and, you know, they can lead to things like slut shaming, 
bullying, you know, body shaming, which is, that happens a lot, name calling. It's just, it's just never a good thing. So those would be my, my six top things to educate our kids on. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and, and again, I would say start, start when they're young. Start when How they're young. young. Technology is only going to get, is only going to advance. You know, the older, as time goes on, it's, it's just going to be more and more advanced. So I would say even as young as, you know, five, six, because I mean, how many times do you see kids who have their mom's phones and they're little kids, right? Mm-hmm. Little kids walking around, they probably know how to work a phone better than I do. So right, right, I right. When they're old, old enough to comprehend what's going on, they're old enough to have that discussion. And you know, that, that just brings me to, I just got an idea, but you know, when you think we have these books and it, I thought I was really, really doing a good job at the books. Well, you know, I know I was. I, I need to stop going there, but you know, those books that talk about sex education and they have the different ones, the different age ranges. So they got like five, six, seven, eight. I mean, this could totally go into, you know, those books need to be integrated now with sexting. Like, you know, you never even thought about that. Like, when well, you talk do. about the body parts and stuff, it's like, you know what? That need to go hand in hand now. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Because, I mean, you talk about kids. I mean, that's almost in the conversation. Like, you talking to a five-year-old. you like, don't let nobody touch your body. Well, guess what? We're not saying don't let nobody see your body, even if they're the same age as you are. You know, we, we talk that's to, right. well, you know, I think about myself. I talk to my kids about this big, bad monster being somebody where that can just be listen you don't share your body with anyone like they mm-hmm. you know i think that might make them feel safe that okay we the same age we can you know i can show you my body you can show you i can show you my body you can show you mine and you see all these people out here doing it on instagram and you know so yeah i never even thought about that yeah i'm i'm all for starting young i mean we we got to have these discuss- discussions because if we don't have them their peers are going to have them, and it's going to look totally different than it would if we would have them with them. It's right. going to look totally different, trust me. Right, like, I, I I, can't, so I was looking at my notes here, and you already answered one of the questions, and that was one of the biggest things I was I was asking. You answered it already. What was the, the relationship between porn and sexting? Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about that part, like the relationships between sexing and porn? Um, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't really feel there's much more to add. Um, in my opinion, my professional opinion, it's it's the same. It's one and the same. Um, it's you know, kids that are sexting trust and believe. They're also looking at these videos, um, and it's it's one and the same. And you know what? Honestly, I was, I was talking to my friend, and we were talking about, like, I thought I was the FBI. I thought I was shaking down. And, and just like you mentioned, these kids are much smarter than we are, especially when it comes to technology. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there is really no way like 100% way that we can say, okay, you know what? I want to be looking at them without taking, you know, I want to, I want to look through all their stuff and take their phone. Like it's hard to prevent it. You know what I mean? I'm wondering like, how is, I mean, 
how can we like just stop them from especially i wonder you know since they've already done it well one of the things i would suggest and and this is something that i've had to suggest to quite a few parents actually actually and this has been in some more extreme cases yeah. i suggested actually adding um there's different types of spyware that you can add on your children's devices and now i would never recommend this for you know to add this to another adult however because we we own our children's devices right yeah. we're the ones paying the bills we can go in and actually add spyware on those devices so that we can monitor, you know, the things that are going on. And I totally support that in certain um, instances where there have been um, sexting or sex texting um, and other, you know, extreme um, activities going on through the use of um, phones. It's, yes, it is. You know, if in one instance, kids can say, well, that's a violation of my privacy. But in another instance, it's you're not going to get no privacy once you lost that trust. <laughs> you know, I'm, I want you to have you're still allowing them to have, you know, their devices. You're not taking that from them. You're still allowing them to, you know, have a certain level of independence. But at the same time, you are monitoring things which I feel is absolutely appropriate in instances where you have found your child sexy. Um, until you develop a more trusting relationship with them. And that's just, you know, that's that would be my suggestion. Um, I know there may be some that would disagree with me. You know, I've, I've, had, I've, I've had a couple people say that they feel like that's a violation of their child's privacy. But again, once that trust is lost and you're on a device that I'm paying for, I'm sorry, the spyware is going on. Um, because I have to not only protect you, but I also have, you also have to protect yourself, right? You're protecting your child from, you know, consequences that can land them in jail. You're protecting your own self because you are the owner of that device. So there's just a lot of different things that you know, you're safeguard, safeguarding yourself from by doing that. Um, and there are free programs that parents can um, actually go and download, um, depending on what type of device they have. But that would be one of my suggestions. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm blown away. Like, this has been so helpful to me because, you know, I've been in the situation after the fact and ran up on some text messages that I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I didn't even really even know how to confront him. Like, I was just mm -hmm. like, I thought I was reading some text messages from somebody grown. And, and that's another thing, too. Like, I didn't even know how to, I was so angry. You know what I mean? Because... You know, you think that your kids should know, but at the end of the day, how would they know if I'm not telling them? Mm -hmm. I can't rely on the school. I can't rely on, and again, like you said, I definitely can't rely on the other children because, you know, th how they have their stuff misconstrued from what, you know, whatever they know from friends or whatever. You just don't know what they're saying. I mean, I just think about mm -hmm. the conversation kids told me as a child that didn't make no sense, but I believed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, you know, there is one thing that I really want to also point out 
you know, I know I've really been talking about sexing in a negative connotation, but I do want to point out that sometimes this can be a part of normal sexual development. Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. So it, yes, although it's, you know, it's not something that we, we want to happen. It's, you know, teens are, it's quite natural for them to explore their bodies. It's quite natural for them to be curious about, you know, the bodies of other teens. So it is, you know, although the behavior is not one that we want to happen, it does fall in line with normal teen sexual development. It's just the technology has gotten out of control. <laughs> it's to where they're finding ways to develop a little bit faster and a little bit, you know, and in, in, in unhealthy ways. But it is it is natural for them to to be curious and, and to explore to explore that curiosity at this age. It's not a good point. So I want you, you know, to know you made a what your son is doing is, is although you don't like it. It's not necessarily abnormal. You know what? I, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because childhood development. You know, this is one thing that was brought to my attention when I tried to do my own research. And again, I'm glad we're doing this because when I tried to do my own research as well, it was just too much. It was like, you know what? This, this was too much. But, but some of the stuff that I did read, one point that was really that I thought that was valid that I didn't think of is they were saying that the human body are part of development. You know, when they start hormones start raging and things like that, these kids, if you think about it back in the day, when this been happening at 14 to 15 years old and they, their hormones are raging, they were getting married. They were back in the day. Exactly. Exactly. We're telling these kids, you need to hold off until mm-hmm. you at least get out of school and you need to really, you know, you need to wait, you need to do this, you need to do that. And we have to think that what we're telling them to do now, we're telling them to wait later in life when their home, it doesn't match up with their hormones. And I thought that was Exactly. It does not match up with their development. You are absolutely right. That got me good because you think about it, like our parents and stuff, you know, you got out of high school, you met your boo right there in high school. You was, you know, in the eighth, ninth grade, you knew from back from there, my high school sweetheart, we gonna get married, we gonna kiss, we gonna talk with it, cause we get married anyway, and they actually get married. And you know, you know these people been married, you know, 20 some years, they the same age we are. That's right. So that was one of those points that made me feel like, okay, yeah, how can I get mad when this is, I mean, I'm still mad, but not as mad as I was. But naturally, our bodies, they, that's supposed to meet up. By the time their hormones are raging and everything, hey, they're about to get married a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's really, yes, you know, any parent is going to have that shock value, right? You're going to have that shock value. You're going to be like, oh, wow, you know, wait a minute. And because it's right there, it's in your face. You know, think about when, you know, when we were teens, people were saying things to us. The thing is, they were saying it to our, you know, you you had to sneak on the phone to get, to hear some, some, some dirty words, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's really just the state that we're in, the state of technology, 
Um, It's really just, although, again, it's natural and it's normal part of development, we really just have to make sure that our children are being safe and they're not setting themselves up for consequences that they can't take back. So, you know, really talking to them, talking to them, having that open dialogue about sex, having that open dialogue about what their bodies are feeling, you know, that's a conversation that should always be ongoing, starting at, you know, around five. When, you know, this, it should really just be an ongoing dialogue so that when they do get to a place where, you know, they are um, confronted by a, a sex text, that they know how to respond. You know, they know how to, that they're confident and they can, you know, feel okay with coming to mom or coming to dad or even confident in just saying, hey, you know, I don't, I don't do that. Um, It's just really, you really have to have an open, open, open and honest dialogue with our kids. We really have to build that and allow them to, to develop, right? And allow them to experience these kinds of things because it's going to happen we're not going to be able to shield them from everything right but when these things happen we do want to make sure that we are responding appropriately to prevent them from happening in the future i you know what another thing is is i know i i think about my little seven-year-old and i think to myself like you know what some of the stuff he say he definitely need to be on board because he's hearing what they're saying Mm-hmm. hearing what they doing so that is another point too when you got a little one you better make sure you get that across because also what they're hearing from their siblings absolutely some of the stuff he's hearing i'm like who told you that that's they're listening and they're paying attention <laughs> and they are at some point they're going to be modeling so yeah when you're having yeah, those conversations before it gets too deep and grunge <laughs> Bring those little ones in. Let the little ones hear what you're talking about. Let them ha- hear you having that healthy dialogue. So yeah. that they feel, you know, comfortable in being able to, to openly express things as well. I want them to be, I mean, I, I do. I do want them to be able to come to me or come to another adult that they trust before they, I mean, with any questions. I always tell my kids, like, send me a text message. Write me a note. Put it under my door. Right. I mean, if you don't <laughs> right. feel comfortable telling me, let me know. Because I know another crazy thing is I don't want to find out like the way I did. Absolutely. Happen to, happen to go through a phone like, what? Right. But I'd rather find out that way than somebody's mama coming to my door. Mm-hmm. And you know that, to be honest with you, I had the same experience with my, with my oldest son. <laughs> Same, same exact experience. That's exactly how I found out was through his, through his, through his phone. My random, one of my random checks. I said, "Oh my goodness, oh my goodness." And the thing, and and you know what? To be honest, when I when I was doing the check, I actually went through not only his messages between him and the young lady that he was, you know, liking at the time. I also went through his messages between him and his friend then there were some things in there that I wasn't happy about because he definitely was sharing information, right? So, and that's what kids do. So that's that's really yeah. why it's so important kids understand that things that they do are permanent. They yeah. don't go away. 
I can't imagine being on the other end. You know, and and me as a me as a, a woman, not as a mom, I start thinking more or less about the. I was thinking about the little girl. I wasn't thinking about the boy. I hate to say it, but I was thinking about the little girl because I was thinking about myself as a, a girl that age. That was the scary part. I was like, what? Right. Absolutely. I wanted absolutely. to go to her. But I said, no, I ain't going to go to her mom. I can't do that. I don't know her. So I just let them deal with that. If she comes to my door, at least I'll be ready. But yes. I, so what made you decide not to go to her mom? Um, I have just been waiting for, I have been waiting for a little bit just to see, because I, I don't know, because I don't know her. Um, I'm still, and plus I don't know how they're going to take me when I show up. You know what I mean? Because you know right. I can be really serious. So, and then from what I understand, she already got busted by her parents. So I, I don't know. I, I still don't know, Keisha. I don't know why. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I want to do that. But I just don't want her to think that. Another thing I want the mom to think that I'm that mom that's like, let my son do whatever. Because if you read his side of the text messages, girl, shoot. <laughs> he got his own apartment. He about to move out, basically. He could do whatever he want to do. If you wow. read the <laughs> and how and he's how old? Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. Tell you something. This text message could have very well been from a grown man. And I'm not joking. I was reading the messages and it sounded like a grown man. It didn't sound like no thirteen, fourteen year old. Okay. Oh my goodness. And I said he could have been texting anybody. He could be texting a woman. A grown woman, and she wouldn't know the difference if he was, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's say he met somebody online, he met some girl. He could have been keeping that going for a long time. Girl, if you would have heard them mature text messages. Wow. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I've been there. You know, mine is, my oldest is, he'll be 22 here, and when I tell you I spent countless sleepless nights over some things that I have read and seen in his phone when he was younger. 